College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some college football. What a week one we had. If you look at Thursday, we had in the two biggest games of that day anyway, I'm talking about the backyard brawl and, and even uh, Penn State-Purdue, we had pick sixes in the fourth quarter, one for a game winner basically. Friday, you know, we had some interesting stuff. And then that noon window on Saturday, my goodness gracious, all hell broke loose. UNC, App State, NC State, it's like one of their, you know, one of their most hyped years coming up. And they damn near lose to East Carolina. So many crazy stuff, a rough start for the ACC. Uh, beyond USC being a top-tier team, Utah and Oregon go down in the Pac-12. Um, man, it, it was crazy. We, you know, we had a, a, a pretty damn good game. Well, let's see. Three out of our – well, two out of our three marquee matchups, and I mean, you know, ranked versus ranked, two out of the three games were really good. Georgia was like, hey, I know we're known for defense and everything, but we're going to light you up, and that's exactly what they did. So we're going to talk it all the way through. We have, I mean, that LSU-FSU game, Utah-Florida, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson is supposedly, uh, you know, a Heisman Trophy candidate now. I mean, it, it, it was a crazy one. Very, very fun week. You know, we, we on paper, it looked pretty good, you know. It looked pretty good, and it went over <laughs> the paper. It really did. I mean, it, this was crazy. And for week two, um, you know, the the rankings aren't out yet. I think it's because of the uh, the day off, you know, today. They'll be out tomorrow. But um, we should have a few ranked versus ranked. But if you look at the, the single-digit spreads uh, comparatively from week one, it should be a pretty damn – a bunch of hardcore barn burners. You know what I mean? Like – People just kind of paging through, oh, wow, that's a tight game. I'm going to watch that second half or fourth quarter. So we're going to definitely break it all the way down here on the College Ball Show. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. But you don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope-a-dope and download the show there or listen to that browser. You can find this College Ball Show under the Rope-a-Dope Radio podcast Banner at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroomingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start for a limited time. The prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. Um, it's the best of live TV and on demand, no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus you could do, get to enjoy regional sports networks. And for a limited time as well, uh, for three months, if you upgrade to the choice or alt the package, that gives you HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics all included. That's direct TV stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall and see how he's doing on this Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day weekend, but we're working. Uh, what a freaking week one, my friend. Yeah, it, it was a good weekend of college football. Um, I could have used a little more um, lady luck around the goal lines, but 
<laughs> that's just my personal two cents. But yeah, no, it, it, it was fun. Like we were talking about last show, um, five years ago, we were praying for maybe one ranked versus ranked game that was respectable. And we had a handful of games this week, the ranked versus ranked, or just like really solid, fun matchups to watch. So the whole um, top schools scheduling cupcake schedules for the first three weeks of the season has has really, for, for a lot of the reasons, vanished away. So, yeah, we had, it was a fun week of football. Um, we did get spoiled with a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now we even got a freaking Dabo tonight going. You know, so it's been kind of a five-day week of football. So, yeah, we, it's it's been a good start to the year, Chris. I'm, I'm happy, and uh, Lane Kiffin's want to know. Got it right off the bat. All right, in the first – First segment, I love it. Hey, hey, um, you boys are rolling the boat too. The Gophers want to know as well, sir. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't say his name. You know what I mean? I didn't say his name. So, you know, Minnesota Gophers, Old Miss, running Rebs. You know what I mean? Running Rebs. I said I'm all over the place. I just called something college basketball earlier. That you know, it, it's it's just September. We just got here. Um, real quick though, it's official. Not. Uh, tomorrow, not this year, not next year, more than likely 2026, 12 teams will be in the playoff. Six, it's the highest six ranked conference, um, champions in six at large bids. So the, the little guy with having 12 spots and also at least the sixth, uh, highest ranked conference champ. And then also the SEC in the Big Ten as they expand into just, you know, ultra leagues. Now there's six at-large bids, too, so they can use those, some of them up as well. So I think it really plays it's, – it's basically, you know, we've had all this talk about Cincy and, and Central Florida, and I'm not trying to just brush it off as, oh, whatever, you know, they since you got their chance last year and they got beat because – Plenty of, you know, high-caliber teams get beat in that semifinal round, and a lot of them soundly. So it's it's no shade at Cincy or anything like that. But right now, as it stands in the history of college football, unless you want to go back when there was only 20 teams or something, which isn't in the 1900s and on, <laughs> um, 12 teams. We went over the, what did we say, uh, Cincy two years ago was like eighth. Uh, Central Florida was 12, so they're getting in is my point. It's the fairest, most legit opportunity, and that's what it is, an opportunity, an opportunity to win a national championship. And it also probably solves some of that players playing in a, in a even on New Year's Day, but in a, in a you know, in a game there, they know they're not going to win a championship or anything like that. So they're going to be like, hey, I don't want to blow up my knee and mess up my draft. I'm going to sit it out. So that, that'll probably have something to do with that. But it just it gives the fan base of everyone now a more legit chance. If you go undefeated, it doesn't matter what you know league you're in or conference you're in. Um, I think it's, you know, I'm not, let's see the games play out, you know. But, but I, at least it's like, all right, can we be done with that argument? Because literally, it's the most fairest it's ever been in the history of over 153 years of college bat- football. God, I did it again, Marshall. Yeah, and I think that it's just going to um, make the sport more entertaining. 
Now, the one point I did want to make last week is that you can argue that the last handful of years of playoffs have kind of been boring, but a lot of that's due to the fact that Nick Saban is just like a immortal football coaching god. Almost, Chris kind of really like is the whole um, Tiger Woods effect on the PGA Tour. Like when Tiger was in his heyday, like people watched golf, but Tiger was like the dude that was like the favorite to win this all. I think that if Nick Saban had not had such a like complete utter control of dominance over college football, sure, we might we might still be having a fourteen playoff and people could be content with it. Because the biggest rip on the playoff has been the fact that, well, we watch these Final Four games and uh, they're blowouts all the time. Well, it's it's not really so much that the three and four seeds are trash. Right. It's just the fact that really, for the most part, Alabama and then spinning a wheel with either Clemson or Ohio State have been just a level of above. Georgia. Really, yeah, or Georgia. The, those kind of rotate. But, if I mean, honestly, yeah. if it wasn't Chris or Saban, I bet we would still probably have a four-team playoff. And we probably would be going along, and we probably would have more competitive games. Now, I obviously can't change the pass, and Bama deserves the credit they get because they put in the work, and they've been the team for it. But I really do think Bama has kind of forced this upon people because that has kind of been the, well, damn, these these New Year's Day games suck. Well, they, they do suck, but that's because freaking Bama's just been killing people. So um, I think that this new change will be better. But, I mean, it's kind of a, a Bama's fault <laughs> that we're at where we're at right now. Well, I, I think I half agree with you there. The, like, when we talk about why people want the, the biggest criticism of the four is there's only four. Because what have we heard since uh, Central Florida 2000, what was it, 17, 18, undefeated regular seasons? We, that's all we heard for a long time during the year is, I can't believe they're not going to get a shot. Sure. That's, 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 that's been the that's biggest. That's part of it. Yeah, you're right. That's been the biggest thing. Because we're the ones uh, – not many podcasts do this, but we are one of them that say, hold on, dude, before you go expanding. Remember, we were talking about five and six would be ideal. Um, and eight, yeah, maybe, but not 12. But now that we do have, you know, the expansion to the SEC in the Big Ten, just the ones we have on paper and the ones that are probably coming, like Oregon and Notre Dame and whoever else, you kind of got to do this now because then it, then that makes up for these two large conferences dominating so much um so i i think it's a combination of both sure people are going to be like what that's why i think the top four seeds should probably get a buy and let five through 12 and whatnot and go down the you know go down the list we'll see how that works um but yeah, i, I, I still... agree with you on the on the nick saban thing and you know i'm not trying to uh say anything weird or anything like that but as far as a coach he could live till he's 95 100 Right. But as far as a head coach at his age, let's be honest, you know, it's not like he's got another five or ten years. So I think that'll play into it, too, because no matter who takes over, Marshall, you're not going to top that. You're just not. No. Uh So that will even stuff out. So your point of that, I think that is it usually is two or maybe three teams. It's it's very rare that both those semifinals are good games. There's usually at least one blowout. Sure. Um, and then one maybe good game and it maybe turns into a blowout or whatever. You know what I mean? Or just a hell of a game, that Oklahoma George game. And, you know, so there's, it's kind of a combo there, but I do think that will help with the top 12 teams being matched up 
forget about, oh, well, this bowl says the, the, the remaining two teams have to face each other. You know, all that stuff is going to be out and it's going to be five. You know, I don't know exactly how it's going to be, but it, it will be a lot of games within the top 12 for sure. Not, not about Alliance, not about this, not about that. Yeah, and I guess just to wrap up my just other brief point is that it's going to be really cool, hopefully, to have um, college D1, like, elite programs host a playoff game. Like, mm, good point. I mean, D- Division three does it, Division two does it, the FCS does it, you know, the one that NDSU's won title after title. Like, they all mm-hmm. they all host playoff games. And there's kind of, I mean, we are, there's already a special frenzy. Like, if you watched the – Pittsburgh West Virginia game. Right. Like yeah, and, and I know the announcers said it a lot, but they're like, dude, this is why I love college football cuz A it was a renewed rivalry and B those fans were just like crazy the whole game. Like that is your favorite mm-hmm. part of college football. So take something in a scene we've never seen before that I can right. have been alive for. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Of uh, a USC, an Notre Dame, an Ohio State or, you know, someone hosting a playoff game. Like the atmosphere on it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a Virginia Tech or an LSU home game atmosphere, but like probably on steroids just because that team's hosting a playoff game. So like the 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 amount of credit that will be given to teams if they can go win a game like that 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 I mean, it's just that environment is just gonna be really cool. On top of already what we're talking about is a, gonna be a fun new system, Chris. That's a great point, and we definitely haven't seen that. You see enough hype for the conference finals and all that other stuff, but you're right, a home game where it's going to be the majority of the home team. You know what I mean? Um, so that that is a good point. And an interesting thing about it, and then we'll get right into week one, you know, usually with, you know, the, the New Year's Six, like you have three teams that ended their season great, Right. No one's going to really end their season great, you know? And so that's going to be a little true. Like that vibe of, dude, we've won the Sugar Bowl. We beat that team next year. We got 17 returning. You know what I mean? So there is kind of like, now you could lose to one of these teams and they win the national championship. And in your head, you're still as a fan going, yeah, dude. But that'll be a different vibe too, uh, not having that there. Because no one's going to win out in the top 12 except one team. So, it's kind of an interesting little side note. But anyway, let's get into some of these marquee matchups. Then we'll get into that noon window and, all, I mean, all that stuff. Um, well, Thursday. Let's do Thursday real quick. I mean, that, that was a fun, you know, a lot of mismatches, of course. But, the, the, like you said, the backyard brawl, the, the, the pit, West Virginia, Penn State, Purdue was a, a, a quality um, Big Ten matchup. We had two Pick six is in the fourth quarter. One with like what four or five minutes left. I think the uh, Purdue one was with like eight minutes left. Um, that was fun, man. I mean, to have those two games and really they were marquee games that night because you know those are big. ESPN and Fox were doing them, so um, that was just a hell of a way to to start out. I didn't get to see a ton of action on Friday beyond a, a couple games, especially that. Um, Illinois-Indiana game that came down to the stretch, but um, just kind of piling into some of, you know, on Saturday, 
I was not ready for, you know, we talked about Georgia's defense and everything, and you could comment on the Thursday stuff and all that too. But George, like the Georgia defense is what we were all nine players gone, five in the first round. But then they're like, hey, uh, by the way, we have an offense, and we're going to, on our first seven drives, we're going to score touchdowns, the largest win in Georgia since 19, you know, in their history. Uh, since 1936, I think, when they started keeping track of it, or is that when Georgia started? I don't remember. But against a ranked team. I mean, that blew me away, Marshall. Yeah, I mean, the Thursday night game, it was fun with – and I'm so torn because I love listening to Gus Johnson. And I still hope one day he comes back to college basketball. But so when I saw he was doing Purdue Penn State, I was like, dude, I got to watch this game. But then on the other hand, I hate Joel Klatt because I feel he just talks too much. Maybe it's because he knows Gus Johnson's like one of the best announcers of all time. <laughs> but so I'm always torn of just like. Just mute it and I, put some music on or something. <laughs> you can't watch the game because of Klatt. I mean. I, well, I, I love Gus, but I feel like Joel Klatt's like, dude, I'm, I'm working with a great guy, but I'm just going to, I'm going to prove my point over and over again. Like, no, ah. it's true though. He, that, in that game in particular, he was repeating a lot of the same stuff I did know. And then he's offering his insight, but it's like, dude, can you have like a word limit? <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, Purdue and Purdue had that. They, if they were, they were afraid to kind of run the clock out. Like they were trying to ice the game, Chris, by passing. And man. we saw that last night with the LSU Florida State is that how do you finish a game? And most teams do it by running out the clock, but Purdue was like, oh, we're going to pass out the clock. And that right. didn't work, and then it came back to bite them. And but so that was completions happen, and all of a sudden there's stuff on the clock. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, it's hard to run out the clock with incomplete passes. That's normally not how the system goes. But I, I get your, your, your DNA is passing, and it just didn't work, but that, that was a fun one. And you're Clutch right, was... comeback from Penn State, though. Clutch comeback from – there were seven lead changes in the game. It really looked like Purdue, okay, it's over, you know. Yeah. But, nope, Penn State did make – I mean, that, that drive was really impressive down the stretch. It, it really was. It was a very good drive. And same with um, West Virginia Pitt. Man, I was – Pitt had – Oh, so I, well, me and all my buddies picked them and bet them, and it was, they, we picked them by seven, so we pushed our bet. But, man, that was a very stressful push because there were so many, I thought, just like boneheaded mistakes by um, Pitt that first game, and it was just uh, a lot of defensive lapses, and that was what a lot of people said would be the strongest point of their team. Um, and I thought that Pitt's quarterback looked a little rough, but Again, you got to remember that a lot of these quarterbacks who we watched play this opening week are not from that school, and maybe this was their first game. With... There's no preseason either, right? No, there, and this is the first game with their new head coach. And but you know, nonetheless, you're still expected to win. But yeah, I thought that Pitt they had they had their ups and downs and ups and downs and many more ups and downs, but they ended up getting a win. And again, I'm, I'm I hope those teams play each other again because even though I really know um, allegiance to either team. Uh, you could tell how much that meant to the fans, and there were a lot of people in the crowd. They showed up wearing shirts from like past games with references of scores and stuff, and how they really don't like each other. So that was cool and good for the sport to have a a renewed rivalry. Um, and yeah, that that came down to like a pick six, and yeah, that that, that was those were two really fun games. And it, like you said, Friday wasn't quite as uh, exotic as a, a matchup. Now we did cash our um, uh, crafty crappy game of the yes, week. Sir. Like, hey, we want to know. They, they covered the spread by 23 points, a 30 to zero, a, a clean sheet to go into soccer. The Duke pitched a shutout. Uh, 
So that was a no-brainer. And I did TCU came through for me on a nice little wager. So um, I know they've gotten a little bit of hype this year. And for one game into the season, they won and Kansas. Um, I think the Kansas over-under, Chris, was like two. Okay, hold on. What are we talking about Kansas this part of the <laughs> I, goddamn I show? That's at the end of the week recap. Of that, what is going uh, well, on Well, hey, the, the, how, how, often, how, often, how often does Kansas win a game 56 to 10? You know what? It's my fault. I brought so, up basketball. I brought up basketball. That's fair. So, so if you have, if you have an over-two win season total for Kansas, you're halfway there. Now, I don't know if you're going to see another one. Now, on to what people care about early in the recap. Moving on to Saturday, yes. Well, honestly, that Kansas Marquee score matchup. is about as, Let's as talk good about as the, the well, that Kansas score is about as good as the Georgia score. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I, I didn't, I didn't, man, I didn't see this happening. Um, the Georgia QB took a lot of crap this year because I, as I see, I even said last week on the podcast, like you had one of the historically best defenses of all time for numbers wise in the last couple of decades. And maybe that's why the offense was good. Well, for this week, the offense looked really, really good again. Uh, beating Oregon 49 to three. Uh, I've got the spread was ranging around 16 to 17. I don't think many people, Chris saw a 49 to three outcome. And then the all the other game, man, I'm kicking myself too because the whole weekend I was telling myself, I said, I have no reason to think this, but. I should bet Notre Dame, bet Notre Dame, bet Notre Dame. Like, it was one of those things in sports where, and you know, if you gamble, like when the whole world is picking one team to win, a lot of the time, said team doesn't cover. And that was the same thing. And I know it's a lower level game, but like Nevada looks so bad in the whole week zero that everyone in the whole country bet Texas State. That Texas State spread, just to throw a gambling point here, Texas State opened as a seven point dog and they finished as a two-point favorite. So, and it was one, and, and not that Ohio State moved, and, and then Nevada won by 21. And same thing with Ohio State, where they, I think they opened around 13 to 14. The game finished around 17 and a half, and every shot, every show you watch, for the most part, said, Ohio State's going to win. Now, they did win, but they didn't cover. And, and right. to give Notre Dame credit, they, they, they didn't embarrass themselves. A new coach, now I'm sure, obviously, Notre Dame probably wanted to win, but they they didn't. That game was a ten to seven game, like midway through late third quarter. Now Ohio State took care of business there at the end. Um, Second half, they, yeah, they they held uh, they held uh, Notre Dame to seventy two total yards, two forty six. They outrushed them, um, and that's without their star receiver too. True, it just it wasn't quite. I think I think almost the whole nation expected a blowout. So Notre Dame at least they. I guess put up a, a decent moral victory, but if you're Ohio State, that that really for their DNA it really doesn't matter. They got to win. It maybe wasn't as glamorous as people thought, but you got a W. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, at least you competed in a game and didn't get embarrassed like a lot of people thought you would be embarrassed. So, yeah. Well, was, and we we did talk about, and it came true. Um, Ohio State starts the season slow. And to be fair, usually it's not their offense. Usually it's their defense, right? Usually it's yeah. like, all right, they won 43 to, you know, 42 to 31, you know, sure. that type of thing. Usually it's their defense, whereas their defense came out looking pretty damn tight. And so if Ohio State starting slow, it means their defense is good to go, but their offense needs a little time, especially missing, you know, oh boy. It's like, that's a pretty good sign. But either way, um, CJ Stroud in the second half made a, just a couple of plays where you're like, 
okay, that was a big play. And obviously that almost, what, six or seven minute drive, 14 plays, 95 yards in the fourth quarter. That really, he made a couple of plays that were like, okay, that did it. He's playing a tough defense, obviously. Notre Dame, like you said, showed up, no doubt about it. But in the in the same breath, it was kind of funny how it was their offense that took a little step back or, you know, a little warm-up. But as a team, they still needed to warm up. They ended up winning 21-10, but like you said, it closed at 17-ish. So that was pretty big. Um, a couple other – let's kind of talk about two other games, Utah and Florida, and then the Hogs, the Razorbacks, uh, holding off Cincy down the stretch. Um, Jefferson got a little banged up in that game too, but Utah, the story of that game, Marshall, two separate first and goals inside the five zero points. Wow, that sucked. Is Florida for real though? You know, is Florida like should we start going now? Wait a second, hold on. What'd you think of that? Obviously, both of us lost money. Ah, <laughs> uh, for them to say they're for real. I don't know. Maybe they'll have a, a better year than they've had because honestly, it feels like it's been, oh God, I, it, it's been over a, a decade at least since they've been like a legit contender in the SEC. Um, feels like they keep picking the wrong coach. Like they're, that, I mean, they're always going to be a team that's going to win anywhere from six to eight games for the last handful of years. But to be a, a, a recognizable force like they used to be in the 90s, like I, I think maybe Napier can do it, but he's still probably going to take them a minute to, you know, um, get the recruits they need that the prior coach weren't able to get. But, hey, you got to win, and you beat a team who kind of was a lot of people's dark horse favorite to go to the playoff. And now if you're Utah, man, that, that's, that's a tough one to swallow. I mean, not that that's like an awful loss. Chris, be your favorite. You're expected to win. That that and that really does kind of put a dent into your um, future playoff ch- chance this year. I mean, unless you run the table, but that, that that's that's a tough loss for Utah. And as you said, we, when you're so close, you just gotta you gotta find a way to just make the plays. I mean, when you got a veteran quarterback, you know, a, a coach who's as good as any in the game, like that's just that's that's a beatdown. Um, and it's probably tough for him to swallow, uh, but. Hey, Richardson for Florida, 17 of 24, buck 68. That's something special passing, but no INTs. And he also ran the ball 11 11 carries, 106 yards for three touchdowns. So it was a multifaceted quarterback. And, you know, I'll say this one thing. I was watching that game, and, you know, know, I believe it was third and goal for Utah. So you're like, okay, you got two more chances to win the game here. And right. I, I honestly thought, and even though they're out of time, Oscar, I really thought they were going to run just because on that play before the pick, their pre-snap thing, and we're kind of getting X's and O's here, but the pre-snap formation was, it was almost like a bunched, like they, I think they had like three wide receivers. They brought everyone bunched yeah, in. Yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and in my they head, were out, one of them was out wide one-on-one and they pushed it in. You're right. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And I was oh. like, well, I said, damn, maybe they're going to run because they had time to run too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But, That's true. But in my head, I, and and again, I I know I'm not Whittingham. I'm not a ex. I'm not a college football coach. But it's like when you got the whole goal line, and Florida was literally camping on the goal line. It's like why you bunched everyone in? Because when you threw the pick, there was like th- it just it, the, it was a weird play call. Yeah, in the middle like, of the d- field too. Yeah, you, you bunch everyone together with a defense that's stacked on the line. And then when that quarterback, for, you, you obviously forced it. You know, yeah. I'm sure you saw a window. And the players moving quick, but it's like, dude, 
that that play call. I was like, damn. If, now, if on the other hand, I was like, if they'd run it here, even though you're gambling a bit, little bit of dice with the clock, you're probably going to be able to run it in because Florida, as the announcer said, Florida was really dropping everyone back because I'm sure, you know, I'm assuming they assume Utah wouldn't run. So a a, a tough little bad beat there for Utah. Um, again, if they make that pass there, it's highly unlikely that they lose the game because they would have had to just fend off their the, the fend off their own end zone for like 25 plus seconds. But yeah, hey, a good win for Florida, probably one of the uh, the best starts of the season they could ask for. Um, it got a long ways to go, and you're in obviously in a very hard division in the SEC. But yeah, encouraging for them and that quarterback, if he can stay healthy, that clearly he shows he's very special. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who tweeted out the whole. He, you know, best quarterback I've seen since Cam and Vince Young. It's like, dude, just, just let the kid breathe a little bit. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, I really think the guy's just getting Twitter impressions and he's getting paid off it or something like that. Now, the whole Florida thing, I want to push back on like they haven't been. I'm not talking about the '90s, but I think he, like in 2019 they won 11 games. They were 11 and 2, and one of the losses was to LSU, and we know what they did in 2019. And then in 2020, remember, they had Alabama. It was 52 to 46, Alabama. Now, I know it was a COVID year. I'm not saying, you know, but they beat Georgia that year. They barely lost to AM. Um, I mean, they had Bama on the that. ropes. No, you're... 52 to 46. Remember Trask just lighting up the stuff? I mean that. I'll, no, I'll tip my cat. No, you're right. I, it feels like they've been out of the picture for a long time, but no, you're right. They they were a, a Dan Mullen bonehead decision away from beating. No, <laughs> you're right. That's true. But that's where I'm wondering. It, it doesn't take long to be all right. If you got a quality coach, boom, you're going to have ten wins almost every year when you have that talent in the state and all that. So that, I'm just wondering. I'm not saying I think they're for real, but I, you know, I'm definitely I'm with you as far as they're not back. Um, it looked like Arizona was going to run away a little bit when they were up 14 to zip. Since he showed their toughness, got back in the game, ended up tying it up. Uh, Jefferson kind of just made, kind of like CJ, where they, he just made a couple of plays, a lot of times with the speed or a great pass or something, scrambling out and passing it. Either way, the Hogs got it done. And they needed this, they needed this win because of their schedule. But they just, they just kind of, they turned the corner into like, hey, that's a pretty damn fun team, talented team last year with a tough-ass schedule, as we said. Well, that didn't go anywhere, the tough-ass schedule, but they got the dub. I believe my co-host meant to say Arkansas. <laughs> I know he said Arizona, but yeah, the Arkansas Razorbacks. I said Arizona? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Another quality basketball program, so I guess I'm just stuck on that, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get some basketball lingo in here later today too. Um, that that like we said, that was when they had to have they arguably, and I'm not confirmed 100, percent but they have one of the I would say top five toughest schedules in the country this year. So winning that game for them on this past Saturday was the one they needed to have because they, I think their biggest freebie of the year is a Missouri State team which is a cupcake game, but at least they're like a decent cupcake. Like, dude, that Arkansas, like going to BYU, like that Arkansas schedule is insane. So I'm happy they got the win. Um, it is fun. They're kind of like the, almost like the. Got that six and a half. Yeah. They're almost like, oh, they covered two, but they're, they're almost like mm-hmm. kind of the Cinderella story of the SEC in, in regards to where I say that by like 
they're not Bama and Georgia, but it's like you see them every year. It's like, damn, they're getting better and better and better. So maybe so if, they're like if, Butler. The, oh wait, no, forget it. But if they could, if you know, if if the top dogs ever were to take slip up for a year, which you know is obviously very hard to assume, whatever happened. But it's right. like you see this program making progress, and if they were again almost almost any other division in football, it's like, damn, they'd be it'd be a powerhouse. But you know, look you look in their in their division themselves, it's like, well, if Arkansas gets fourth in the SEC yeah. East, they, they they probably had a good year, <laughs> right? But hey, cr- credit to them, good win. And hey, for Cincinnati, you got. New coach, um, you had to replace a lot of defensive players um, in your secondary. You got a new quarterback. Like, obviously, you probably wanted to win, but that wasn't a, a bad loss to have to start off the year. You know, that's probably a, a new a new regime of people to take over and probably to be encouraged by a, a solid little put, comeback push there in the second half. So good for them. And, you know, I'm sure they'll probably be a team that's going to be camping around the, the high teens to 20s, probably ranked all season. Cincinnati, wait, hold on. Cincinnati, they got a new coach. What? Well, yeah, didn't Napier go to um, Florida? Cincinnati? Yeah, you could tell. We're, I'm bringing up basketball in Arizona. No, that that's the – Cincinnati isn't Napier. Uh, I, thought the, I thought the Bearcats coach is now the Florida coach. Oh, okay, maybe – no, isn't it? Uh, I thought it was that dude from Ohio State that transferred over there a long time ago, Cincinnati. That big dude, he's still there. He's still on the sidelines. Yeah, you can tell it's early in the season. Oh, for both of us oh, both Luke around. Fickle. Not, you're, yeah, shit, Fickle. Yeah, Luke. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, we're, I we're just rusty. Oh, Ray. Yeah, at least you're in Ray the right Ray. sports. I mean, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but you're right, though. You're right about that. Um, they they crazy... did replace a quarterback and a secondary. I know that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We got that. Yeah. We went over that because that defensive end, too. I mean, they lost six sure. guys on their to the pros, you know, on their on their defense. It's not like they could just, you know, recoup like it's nothing. Um, True. And they didn't give up a bunch of points, um, you know, for college football anyway. But what about that freaking uh, – that, that – the noon uh, – now I'm all out of sorts here. I'm all Googling shit like, what? Hold on. Um, but the noon window. I mean, you, we had the Houston U, UTSA. We had uh, – I mean, 40 points in the fourth quarter for UNC App State. For App State to freaking come back and have it where they had it, you know, 65 – or 50, 56, 55, say F it. And I want you. I want to know your thoughts on that. F it. I'm going for the two. They drew up a perfect play because the guy was wide open. Receiver came through the back, popped open, little backdoor stuff, wide open, overshoots him. And and then on the onsides, okay, we'll try the onsides. Like three dudes got just completely melted. Like they got destroyed. <laughs> North Carolina special teams was. I mean, they put three dudes on their back and then UNC scoops and scores like, okay, here we go. We got it. It's over. Game over. What? Two two plays? I think it was two plays <laughs> like 20 seconds. Boom. Score. No problem. A two point. Like that was, I mean, I'm sweating just, you know, explaining all that. That's not even mentioned in the NC state in East Carolina game. Crazy noon window. man. Yeah. That, 
every time you saw the uh, NC uh, App State score, it's like it just kept going up and up and up and up. And like I, if if you bet the under on that game, man, you, <laughs> the, 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 I think that bet was over like midway third quarter. So, right. Um, and you know, honestly, Chris, that's really the way that North Carolina has played football for the past handful of years like they're 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 pretty much they're gonna have an elite offense with a quarterback that's probably gonna be like a, a pro prospect and with a lot of wide receivers and hey th- I think that is kind of the Carolina way of hey let's try to um win games 56 to 50 and you're right that was a a perfect play and that 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 running back was like walking into the end zone um, and then on that, you can't kick, really say, "Oh, they shouldn't have went for two. No, 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 no. Well, in a, in a game like that, like it's you're, there's no conference on the like conference on the line, like you know that, um, yeah. like you, you, you why not? And but then even after an onside kick, where three guys do get imploded like they were little kids, <laughs> you even got the ball back again, and then to finish the game, you got stuff like your two yard line with like a quarterback fumble. Like man, that game is one where you just sit back, enjoy. And just love college football where, hey, th- there ain't a lot of defense going on, but the offenses are calling the shots today. And let, let's just sit back and watch this. And it's it's going to be a fun football game. And that, that might have been 40 the most to 22 inter- in the fourth quarter. Appalachian State, 40. <sighs> six touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Marshall. I mean, this is uh, – it's one shy of the FBS record, too, which is crazy. Uh, That's, combined points. I, I mean, do that, yeah. But that, then you turn around and get the Iowa game. Like that's college football for you, right there. Iowa, South Dakota State in this game. Like, what the hell? And then what the hell was going on with everything under the sun? Special teams with East Carolina, NC State. Because this is supposed to be a big year for NC State, Marshall. <sighs> yeah, honestly, I think every preseason podcast I listened to was all given hype to NC State about how this could be the year they're you know, contending to win it. Like they're, they're up there neck and neck with, um, with, uh, Clemson. Like, you know, this is their, this is their year. So, I mean, you, you gotta win. And to give ECU credit, the ECU is a respectable, like mid major team to tie in basketball here. Like they're, they're, they're never, they're never going to like win the Rose Bowl or anything crazy, but like they are a team that every year they're going to win you six, seven games. And like they're, they're not, they're not a bum school. Yeah, last but, decade they put out some good years and put up. Some yeah, 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 they'll, they'll yeah. They normally pull up like an upset each year, and they're they're Virginia respectable. Tech, I believe they they beat a, a little while ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but um, you know, again, as we saw, like even I mean, even that game last night I, with college football, you're right. You don't get the the preseason scrimmage like the NFL does. You don't get the um the preseason games like there you really a lot of times you got to roll out week one and it's maybe not which team is the best team but it's which team will f up the least like <laughs> yeah, exactly. we we might have better athletes but my god if we don't f up enough we're gonna win the game and if we do f up well we might have to pray for some help because that florida state lsu game last night my god that that's probably one of the worst games those teams will play all year but again you're in a, a big game like even nc state ecu like that ECU crowd was going crazy. Like that was kind of a huge game for them to start off the year. Like it's just which team can handle the situation better. And when we watch college football, like in week six from now, Chris, I mean, you're always going to have some craziness in college football. That's why we love the sport. But a lot of the miscues will be you assume to like a lesser degree, or you know, like we'll we'll, we'll still have our Carolina uh, 
you know, App State games, but the the the, the special teams blunder blunders like those are things that normally get you know flattened out throughout the year for the most part. Yeah, as far as the top tier teams, like I mentioned earlier, USC took care of business. They got maybe more of an interesting match coming up uh, this week uh, with Stanford. I think they're favored by nine, but Utah and Oregon suffer uh, road losses. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, shit happens. Um, and then, like I said, the ACC, you know, uh, almost in a couple losses. Virginia Tech already lost. Like, it, it's, it, it's been a little rough for those two conferences in big games, but, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Utah was, what, only a two-point, something like that, uh, favorite anyway. But talking about, I mean, the last two minutes of that LSU-FSU game, my goodness gracious. I mean, that. Uh, I'll say this. FSU won the game, no doubt about it. But, you know, to have the muff kit or punt return and then not to be able to plug it in and just take the game out of reach, um, that was crazy. <laughs> so you had a fumble and a fumble and then, like, a long-ass drive. Uh, you know, to, to, to tie the game. And uh, Jaden uh, Daniels, the ASU transfer, is the second LSU player in school history from ESPN Stats and Info. With 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing in a game, uh, the last guy to do it, yeah, you know who it is, Joe Burrow, 2018. Um, so he had a damn good game. Uh, but when you start looking at, like, we both liked LSU – uh, last Monday, but man, when you start to look at when I when I noticed that the LSU lost both of the, their whole lines, offense and defense, not just to the draft but transfers as well because the new coach coming in, that kind of opened up my eyes. Like, hold on, maybe I should go the other way with it. I ended up going two out of three on the. I made freaking three bets within the you know before the game, which is not <laughs> normally what I do, but I ended up you know it ended up working, but. uh that was a freaking crazy ending. And then just to talk about, I mean, Iowa, uh, seven points without scoring a touchdown. It's the first time that's happened since 2000. You mentioned, uh, you know, South Dakota State is a quality program at that level. And it combined 16 first downs and 21 completions. And the first half, the Iowa first half uh, stats are just, it's just like, you know, punt, punt. Here it is. Punt, missed field goal, punt, made field goal, but they only gained five yards on the drive. Punt, punt, interception, end of half, 56 yards. It was just like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, and now you look at – we're going to talk about this Iowa-Iowa State game in a second, but that over-under starts to make you go, huh, so we're going under even though it's a low-ass over-under for obvious reasons. But uh, any other stuff that you want to talk about? Because we did have that 12-team discussion at the beginning, so we do got to pick up the pace. We don't want to go much over an hour if we can handle it. Uh, just that, um, again, in the SEC, uh, Missouri won, which makes me happy, and Lane Kiffin won. So I, I, I'm good. I've, I've hit my quota. And USC, hey, it, it, they had three pick-sixes. So – even though they're playing a completely trash team, um, that, that that can be even a little false hope for a defense who that's been the biggest thing I've heard people rip on them all year is that, okay, Lincoln Riley, the guy's going to get the offense going. Brian is quarterback. They should get there. 
Right. But USC's defense really for the last handful of years has been the reason why they can't win big games. And I, again, I know it's it's a it's an awful game, but at least we, that may be something to build off of. You know, as bad as Rice is, like okay, it's encouraging. So, um, long, long ways to go, but I, I get a good start to the Lincoln Riley uh, beginning there. So yeah, but that, that's it. Yeah, for week two, first Man, time I, putting up sixty six points in like two thousand eight, I think, or something like that. So back yeah. in the Reggie Bush heyday. Well, I'm. Uh, very happy because we have a, a very so I'll tell you this quickly. We were um I was at the mall yesterday with a girlfriend and there was a, a sports store and there was you know obviously so there's like gear of like all the teams obviously I live in Dallas but there was a whole roll Chris of glasses with a Longhorns logo on them and five out of I was six wondering glasses, where you're going with this. Five I out just of six said pick up the were, pace. Uh, okay were were tipped upside down. <laughs> For horns down. So I walked over and flipped over the last one for horns down. So I will be flashing a horns down sign as we translate into week two because that is by far, even though the point spread is not the closest game of the week, that should be most more more than arguably one of the top games of the week people will be covering. That one is a a Saturday kickoff, Chris, and it it is going to get all the hype like crazy. Um, but my co-host said week two, I'll be, I'll, I'll find my roll turret, roll tight shirt in my closet. I'll throw it on. Alabama is going to walk into Austin. And I believe this is the third, second, or I believe, I believe Saban's 2-0 in all-time road games with Bama at a non-neutral site. So Nick Saban is looking to move to 3-0, and Chris, as the head coach of the Crimson Tide. Um, do you see any, anything stopping? That's the yeah. that's the question. Well, the, the one fun thing on Twitter is apparently the 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 Longhorns quarterback's car got towed <laughs> from the game he played this past week. So I don't know if there was someone trying to piss him off, but it's well, not, I, I heard put, the Virginia Tech uh, got some stuff stolen from the locker yeah, room too. So some they got cars going on. towed and everything. Like what the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know about basketball because it's a little locker room thing. You can sneak in and out. You'd think a huge football thing would be a little bit tougher, but I guess not. Well, this whole every year at the beginning of the year is Texas back, or they get a big win. Is Texas back? I saw a little out this year. Are they back? What it, dude? They lost seven straight games last year, and one of them was to Kansas. For Christ's sakes, like, why are we talking about being back? Like, you you talking? Did they go somewhere? Like, are they were they out of the country? Like, what do you mean back? Like, what, they're I, not back anything. Come on now. No. Well, let's get to a game that's not a twenty point spread, shall we? Uh, well, we do, have a do, you, do you think Texas covers? Yeah, no. no. No, I think Alabama will cover that. Yep. Okay. I'm going to bet that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll probably join you on that too, sir. I mean, we better do it in a hurry, though, because it's just going to jump up. And it gets a little, you know, feistier. Um, so right now, there actually is going to be more ranked versus ranked, like Kentucky and Florida. We know damn well Florida's going to be ranked, correct? I mean, that that's going to be impossible. For yeah, them. sure. Ranked. But we do have the holiday, so I guess they can't vote on a holiday. Um, it happens like for ratings as well, TV ratings. Uh, you know, they just they just got the day off. Um, so let's talk. That's kind of like one of the leading games right there, just because it will be ranked versus ranked. Um, so it's a pretty interesting matchup, man. Um, Florida, and that's at home, right? Yeah, they're at home. So mm-hmm. back-to-back home games, that, that's a good way to start because we know they're, they're going to have a hectic schedule probably too. 
Um, they're a four and a half point favorite. Um, Kentucky though does have like their their number one running back was out. Um, and they actually have. I saw this uh, Mitch Brown Fox fifty six on Twitter. Uh, talking about running backs take a hit for Kentucky. Looks like no Chris Rodriguez, who is their normal starter, um, Raymond Jefferson, or McLean, who's it says week to week against Florida. Um, and then they all, there's talks about there might be a suspension that pops up here, which would be kind of crazy not to just, you know, the, I don't, I'm kind of lost on exactly. But the coach said he made a big deal about that they're, 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 oh, here we go. The Wildcats played without the rusher, but Stoops said, uh, unavailable linebacker Jordan Wright, uh, without being specific. But the coach added that Rodriguez and other players could, and that's a could, face multiple game suspensions next week for undisclosed reasons. Um, so that probably has something to do with something recent if they're going to play him in this game, you know, against Miami of Ohio. And then, not, you know what I mean? He said could, too. So we don't know if it's official. But Kentucky has been solid. We have documented their rise as a program kind of like Arkansas, not Arizona, Arkansas, in a sense. I think they're a year ahead, you know what I mean? But we've seen them kind of like put together a strong-ass defense, a running game. They got a good quarterback. They got a good coach. What says you about this? Are we ready to just give Florida uh, the win here? They're at home, but if they don't have their running backs, that gets a little rough too. I think the past four to five years, it was like I think it was like five years ago when Kentucky actually beat them for the first time in like twenty-five years. And since then, like, almost every time these teams play, like, this is close. I think this is, like, one game where, like, Kentucky got their ass kicked by Florida for, like, 30 years in a row, Chris. And, like, Kentucky is really that school that, you know, like, they're like, the well, we're not a football school, but F y'all, like, we're going to try to beat y'all every year. And the past, like, I, I think the last five years, like, they've either won the game or it's been neck and neck. So I completely expect this to be no different. Um, you'd assume Florida's probably coming off a little bit of an emotional high. Um, from the Utah win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just don't see why Kentucky wouldn't put up a good fight. They they're, they play solid defense. They play ground and pound. You're bringing back uh, Levis as a quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. this should be a great game. But, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever for Kentucky to win just because they play them. T- yeah, this is – I you think like this that four a, and a half? Yeah, this is a game I think they get up for more every year, more so than Florida does. Just It, it appears to come off the way from the mental psyche, yeah. I'll for sure take Kentucky with the four and a half, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the four and a half just gives you that extra cushion. So it's like, hmm, mm-hmm. kind of like that. Uh, but without, you know, they ground and pound, but if, if you know, their top three running backs are out, you know, you might just ground. You might not be doing too much pounding. You know True. I mean? So I'm a little shaky right there. Although if you let that four and a half go, you know, that could get a little funky too in a tight game, but yeah, that that's a that's a pick 'em type game. Right now, I normally would do Kentucky or pick Kentucky in this game, but I like the the odds still. But I'm gonna pick Florida to just to win it in general. But I do like those odds um, for Kentucky to sneak under with that four and a half. Baylor, as it's 
stands right now, number 10, Baylor, and number 25, at number 25, BYU. BYU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you see this one going now? Because Baylor really, you know, BYU's here, been here steady, and they'll pull up upsets and all that. Speaking of good quarterback, they got one. But Baylor really turned the freaking corner last year, didn't they? So are they going to keep that good vibe going and maybe pull an upset here? Or this is this feels almost like a pick 'em game, especially at BYU? Man, ah, oh, geez. Um, again, for preseason hype, if we're, if we're talking for hype on coaches, Chris, I'm not sure if people get more hype than the Baylor coach. Like, that dude is beloved by everyone. Um, and obviously he, he, he travels with a really solid defense. Um, BYU on the other hand is probably one of the most stable programs year in, year out. They're never going to probably going to win a title, but I mean, you, you could, you, you'd be hard pressed to find teams that aren't like a, they win eight games almost every year and they're, and they're not like a powerhouse school. So, um, man, damn that, ugh. I, I'm going to take BYU just because it's in BYU. Um, but that, that should be a, a fun one. It's just, those are two teams who are off to good starts. They've won their, um, yeah, I'll take, I literally, I'll take BYU. I, I guess I, yeah, I got, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need to do a little bit more digging as far as betting on it. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm going to actually go Baylor. I'm going to go actually Baylor, but beat BYU at BYU and it is going to be a night game. 9:15 start um, central anyway, um, and I, I you know I don't know that that is a good game though. But I'll, I'll pick Baylor. I'll be on the other side of that. Um, now here's one that really stands out to me. Now, like I said, this week you know whether we get two, we know we're gonna have two. Whether we get three ranked versus ranked, it is what it is. But we do have more single digits this week. Even inside the top 25, but overall, as far as spread. So as far as competitive games, once it's a competitive game, it gets in the fourth quarter, especially college football, you never really know. But here's a game that kind of stands out that already went down a half a point, I think. Tennessee, the favorite, six and a half at Pitt. Um, what do you think here? Tennessee is like, is this the year they finally kind of – turn the corner and have a solid ass year because we've seen, you know, this glimpses of it and, Oh, they got this quarterback. Oh, they got this. Oh, they got this. But then they kind of fall short. They never really do come all the way back and have, you know, a, a 10 and two season or whatever. I'm not calling for it, but what do you think happens in this one? Cause I, this was a tough one. Tennessee, I think it opened at seven. I mean, this is kind of crazy. I'll, I'll take Tennessee. I think that that team's offense is really just going to be explosive this year. And I think that Pitt, at least off their first game, made way too many, in, in the Marshall Road opinion, way too many defensive mistakes, whether it's bonehead plays or stupid personal fouls. or The, sure. the, biggest, the biggest thing they said was their D-line was impressive. The, their D-line got pushed around a lot, I thought, by West Virginia. So, just based on week one reactions, I think that Pitt was a bit overhyped. I mean, they won the game, but yeah. I, I wasn't impressed. So I'll take Tennessee. Um, and this is the most hype, and I'm by no means a Volunteers fan, but this is the most hype I think this team has received in a really long time. So I think that I, I, I'm just going to ride that momentum out with them and assume they get a win. 
you still feel the Lane Kiffin stuff though from it? Does it, is it still? Well, uh, I mean that 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 dude some? almost he he went there for one year and almost beat Bama, lost Bama by a field goal, you know, and a couple of uh, tough tough beats there. So the key yeah. thing is one year. Um, yeah. Anyway, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, Tennessee fifty four point one. What about the spread though? I'm not. I don't think Tennessee can, is just going to go in there and win by six and a half. But I'm with you. I think Tennessee will win. 65 and a half. Are you going over on that? Feels like it feels like it'll be over, but man, this early in the year, 65 and a half, it's like, hey, he's, I don't, I'm not ready for all that. This isn't the Big 12. What's going on? Well, (laughs) I I mean, well, West West Virginia hung a lot of points on Pitt. West, Mm -hmm. I, I could see, I could see Tennessee dropping 40. If, sure. if they're really clicking, so then what Tennessee's got to drop, 40, or then 40 to Pitt's got to drop. Whatever. Yeah, 40-27. Yeah, it wouldn't be impossible. Yeah, I, I, I would I, I would rather take the over in Tennessee if I had to than take the under. I'll say that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Number 14, USC. Both undefeated. Okay, wait. It's, they're 1-0. Um USC nine point favorite on the road, and we know Stanford is a crazy. Oh yeah, it's actually the home the home field doesn't really exist in Stanford, even when they've been crazy. It's a small stadium. They're reading books while they're watching. Like it is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, never has been a great atmosphere. It's just cool that they're they've been awesome or competitive or very good or whatever. But of late, they have taken a step back. Of course, um, I was more speaking the last ten, twelve years or whatever. But uh, this is a nice little road test. It's definitely a rivalry within, you know, these two teams of, you know, in the last 10 years. USC, I mean, this is a good time. You think they're just going to outscore them? Uh, you think they can they, they get the job done here? How, how do you see your Trojans handling it? They they never, ever, ever seem to beat Stanford easily. That, that team, yeah, Chris, so is, they always cause them issues, whether we're there or at, at the at, – at USC stadium, like that team, they always have issues with them. And there's been a lot of good USC teams that, uh, yeah. So I, I will never get confident against that team just cause I've, <laughs> I've seen that story way too much, my friend. Um, I think they'll win. I think so it's going to be more... like that with Wisconsin when you play them in a couple of years. They're built pretty same. Pretty much the same. <laughs> no, no shit. Uh, so I mean I I think the US I hope they win. I mean I think that this is one of the lesser talented Stanford teams we've seen in a long time. Mm, but yeah. they but but even USC is like I mean they have the college football analysts is extreme but Stanford has the record of college football of winning as a 42 point underdog in USC. Like that's the biggest record of upset of all time. You know, like Stanford always causes USC problems. So I would no way in hell bet that game. Maybe tease USC down. Make USC a two-point favorite and bet them that way. I, w- I would do that. But okay. that, that nine-point spread is a – oh, that that's scary for that matchup. That's a doozy. That's a, he yeah. hasn't been there that long. I know he's got a house. They bought him a house, but that's not going to win him by nine points that easy. No. Um, so just kind of going through these games as far as the hardcore barn burners against the spread, upset of the week, that type of thing. You know, a lot of people were high on Louisville. Now they're not going to win – at Central Florida, who had a mediocre year for their standard last year, lost their quarterback, and they're a five-and-a-half-point uh, favorite. It kind of makes me scratch my head and go, hmm, 
is week two going to be different for Louisville and they'll just come out and look better and all that? I, that that one's kind of got me. Appalachian State just, you know, put up some points. Can they stay within 17 on Texas A&M? A&M, this is a, a I'm not going to say make or break year, but you take steps, you take steps, you get a nice upset, you, you, you challenge teams down to the wire and all that, but at some point you got to take the next step. I'm not saying they're going to lose the game or upset of the week or anything like that, but, you know, A&M, they have a lot to prove this year as far as being a top-tier elite-type level, you know, to go along with the recruiting in their head coach. So we'll see where that is. Upset of the week, Houston and Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a three-point favorite. You know, Houston didn't look great last week, but they are kind of like – they didn't have a good schedule last year, so they had this pretty damn solid year, but they really didn't play a ton of people. I know they played Cincy and all that. That was their loss. But I feel like Houston, even though they're ranked 24 right now today, we know that's going to change. But Texas Tech, I kind of feel like Houston is going to is going to go over the top of that. You could name a handful of games too, but let's both talk about this. Iowa State, Iowa. Okay, Iowa State, Iowa. According this is my this is my co-host. Always reads this this uh, power index. According to ESPN's power index, fifty eight point seven percent that Iowa State goes in to Kinnick Stadium and gets the job done. And when you see the over, so the over under, what is, Bet MGM had it at forty and a half since two thousand six. There has been twenty two Iowa games with a total of forty one or or lower. Over is 13-8-1, including 8-3-1 since 2013. And this dude, uh, Andrew Doherty, says, I don't care. Um, (laughs) So um, 41-and-a-half, baby. Um, What do you think is going to happen here? We know it's going to be a tight game. We know it's rivalry. So that means it's already gone up, right? It's already gone up a a notch if you'd open that 40-and-a-half. It's that 41-and-a-half right now or, you know, one up a little notch. Oh, good Lord. Um, that I, I watched the Iowa game, I think from mid third quarter on, and I didn't see Iowa get, I think I saw them get one first down. And were you doing your laundry or what were you doing when you were watching that game? Are you taking a no. nap or, cause it was plenty of nap time. Uh, no, I, I, I had Let's it see. on. I, I had another game on my other screen, but I think I saw one first down in, <laughs> in, 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 in 25 minutes. I, but I, it was I a will, cool first down, though, bro. It, it was your classic Iowa, like, tied in, rolled out, little flick pass. But um, I will gladly take Iowa State. I, I don't care. Iowa State with the money and the over-under, I, I would stay away from that because I would feel depressed if I'd been under that game and the, there's the floodgates open up. So right. uh, Iowa State, uh, yeah, I'm taking Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah. staying away from what you just said, but I'm going to go with Iowa. I don't know why. Maybe they'll use their punter and they'll do a bunch of fake punts or something like that. Does the punter have a good arm? Let's look back into this punter. Did he play high school uh, football? Because if he did, they could they could do some trickery here. You know what Definitely. truly is amazing? I was texting my like my group chat, my buddies, and that Chris they've been like a consistent top twenty program every year. Since I've yeah. known oh, yeah. you, mm-hmm. and, when, and keep going further back, it still is there. Yeah. 
And what my, when my good buddy Ian went there, he graduated around like, I think like 2010, 2009. They had Ricky Stanzi. Ricky Stanzi might be the best quarterback they've had in the past 13. Like that team always has a, a, a lineman going pro, a running back that maybe isn't pro, but gives you like over a thousand year, a thousand yards a year, a tight end. And like a, le- a legit sick defense with a linebacker. Yeah, front seven nasty. How do you never have even a decent? It just blo- that they never have even a respectable, for the most part, ever quarterback. Like I just I don't I don't get it yet. They're they you know they're, I guarantee at some point this year they'll be ranked in like between fifteen and twenty hundred percent. It'll happen. And Kinnick and Knight might be one of the toughest venues to win at in the whole country of football. And that, like their night games, like Ohio State has like and Penn yeah. State had season ruined there, but it just yeah it, it amazes me that offense. I got nothing. <laughs> what time is that game? Three o'clock though. It's still not. It's not going to be at night. Yeah, they're, they're lucky. Sunny. They're lucky. Yeah, it's going to be sunny or not sunny, but at least bright. <laughs> um, and then uh, he. This is a hardcore barn burner. I I was on Oregon State uh, last week. Got it done. Uh, Oregon State. A uh, now I open that. One and a half. Oregon State, one point favorite on the road at Fresno State, 930 Central, CBS Sports Network. Two really competitive games in the the after dark. Remember the after dark Pac-12 from a couple years ago? Yeah. Every game was awesome. It might be coming back, even if it doesn't have anything to do with Pac-12 with the Baylor and BYU. Why doesn't BYU join the Pac-12? Okay, that's something different. But Oregon State, Fresno, I'm going to Oregon State. I'm just doing it. I, I They have good vibes from last year. They finally made a bowl game. I feel like they're going to do it. Fresno's a tough program, though. They're always solid. So this one's a pick of game, though. I, I'll take Oregon State. They're kind of they're a team trending in the right direction. Like that 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 program. I I don't think we've ever picked Oregon State on this show. Besides maybe talking about the Civil War. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll follow you on that. That that sounds like a good play, my friend. Um, and Fresno, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take the trendy Oregon State team because I, I know a lot of people picked uh, Boise State to win and and they went into Corvallis and they didn't. So the Oregon State boys might have a little more swag than we thought. I I, I want a little nice little little change on that one. So I'm going with. I'm rolling with. Them. All right. Any other thing? Because we do have to get to the crafty crap. It's it's a it's an hour six. We need to get this done in by hour ten. We got four minutes. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. Well, we will roll into that again. We did win. We won last week. A, a rather a confident performance out the gates. Again, well, I didn't bet that. I don't know. I, if I probably could retire from teaching if I had bet all of our crafty crap picks the weeks and just rolled money over each year, I'd be living in. We got yacht. four minutes, sir. Okay. Uh, we got South Alabama. On Saturday at noon, this game is on ESPN Plus. South Alabama Jags are rolling into the Central Michigan uh, Kelly Ooh. slash Shorts. Who the who the f comes up? It's it literally Kelly slash Shorts, Shorts Stadium in Mount money, Pleasant, money, Michigan. Money, 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 money. You can get in the this door for twelve dollars. So you, you can you know you can afford to pull that ticket off. Um, CMU is minus four and a half, and the over under is fifty eight and a half. There's a the Jags are one and zero. Chris Central Michigan going one. You're going to take What's half my stick say? or just a three fourths of my stick or I'm a fourth done. of my stick. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. This is interesting. We do got to win. 
we have a winner here, though. I mean, it's early, but we have a winner. Um, and Central Michigan, by the way, we're neck in. It's a home game, right? What was it? The shorts and t-shirts? What is it again? Kelly, Kelly shorts. shorts Stadium. Like you said, Kelly slash shorts. What does that even mean? I don't Is that know. like I'll, a big department store there? I'll research it's it next week. Tough. Jeez, what the hell is that? Well, they gave up a Central Michigan, Michigan, which is in the middle of the state. Now, um, they literally gave up a lot of points, but they played okay state. So, you know, what are you going to do? That That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good showing there. Um, man, this is good because South Alabama, you see, it's hard to do these games early in the year, right? Because you don't. The, the bad teams are playing good teams, right? That's usually what's happening right now. Uh-huh. So it's tough to do this because Coastal Carolina just snuck by South Alabama. Uh, last, dude, to close last year. This is, uh, dude, this is a good game. This is actually a good, like a competitive, wow. It's a competitive, I really don't know who's going to win this one. Is it, there's no, there is a point spread, four and a half. Okay. Central Michigan. Being that this year we're not gonna we're not gonna live in the past, okay? This year, Central Michigan went toe to toe with OK State, who, who you know usually has a good damn good defense and can put points on the board. I'm gonna go with the home team again, Central Michigan. But I went in this thinking South Alabama. I went in like, oh, I'm picking South Alabama. Screw this, screw that. I saw that uh, Coastal Carolina score. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I remember this. No, they lost it, but that was overtime. God, this is a good game. Central Michigan, I'm going to go home again again, home team again. Central Michigan, Chippewas, I'm going to go with them to try to go 2-0 in the crafty, crafty pick of the week. And to quickly wrap up our alumni battle, uh, Central Michigan is known for actors, uh, Larry Joe Campbell, um, Jeff Daniels, and Tim Allen. Uh, So like three actors you'd see on a lot of TV shows and movies. And South Alabama is more known for baseball. David Freeze was a Cardinal great in the World Series. Juan Pierre and Luis Gonzalez, another World Series guy. So I'm going to take baseball players over actors. I'm favoring South Alabama to get the job done for our current alumni battle. My alumni battle, there's no win-loss record, but I love doing it. So on that note, Chris, I'll be back next week, hopefully summarizing the Alabama complete beatdown of Texas because that's what I love to talk about. And on that note, enjoy enjoy the nice weather. Enjoy football second week. We'll be back next one. We'll be back next Monday. The boys are out tonight. Peace.